Welcome to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast, where we explore the conscious use of technology. Listen in to hear thought leaders and other guests discuss the human relationship with technology and learning to thrive in the digital era. Hosted by the author of the international best-selling digital self-mastery series and being at work, Dr. Heidi Forbes Usta. Welcome back to the Evolving Digital Self Podcast. I'm excited to introduce to you a new friend. His name is David Adelson. He is in product development for the Peace and Harmony Company. I recently met David at the New Media Summit. He was doing such incredible work that I was very inspired, and I look forward to sharing him with you today. So welcome, David. Thank you, Heidi. I'm so grateful to be here. New Media Summit was fabulous, and we got in just before the quarantine, so good for us. And so many good things were being done there. So many people are doing so much good in the world, and it's very exciting as they're becoming more and more accepted, and these new ideas are being more and more embraced everywhere. It's just a very exciting time right now. I think it's very cool. So thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So for those of you who haven't met David before, uh, could, David, can you give us a little bit of your background? Because it's so unique, and I just love it. There's so many different twists and turns. Can you give me a little bit of background on what brought you to developing the Peace and Harmony Company? Yeah, well, basically life mission stuff. I grew up with an Italian Jewish mother and lovingly overbearing and mm-hmm. All the qualities that Italians and Jewish families are known for was in full force. And apparently, before I was born, both my grandmother and then separately, like a year later, my mother went to see what we would now call a psychic, but that wasn't the term they used way back then. And in completely unrelated conversations, this woman basically said, that I was going to be born and I was going to do wonderful things for the world. And I don't know much more about that. But my wonderfully Italian Jewish mother thought that she needed to instill guilt on me really early. So she started telling me that on an off all too regular basis. So I just started developing this idea that I should do good for people. And I had some very interesting and unique experiences when I was little. I started meditating when I was 20 and became a TM teacher um, when I was 21. And learned from there. I started going to college and studying consciousness as a study in it in and of itself and how creation emerges from consciousness in terms of quantifying and unified field physics. And then somewhere along the way, I just started playing and these things started coming out. And I was told at one point I was having a conversation with this, I, I don't know if you want to call it intuitive or connected person. And they said, you know, you can play with these energies and you can create things from them. And I started, and this was, I want to say 20 years ago or something. And now I've made 700 of them. And I'm thinking that's kind of enough, you know, but <laughs> it was never, I mean, I don't know that that was the plan, but some of them that we came up with, we feel are very timely in that, like the Peace and Harmony program, which works so well at dissolving family squabbles and you know stress and tension in offices. And we just give that one away. So I think that your timeliness is so right. I mean, we've been having a lot of conversations going into this sort of shelter in place, which we're in in San Francisco and a lot of other places in the world are experiencing the same thing. 
we're very fortunate because we all get along very well, but not all families have that same fortunate experience. And whether you're with roommates or whether you're confined to a family environment, or maybe you're in an environment where one of your partners may make you feel at risk, I think these things are really, really critical for surviving and thriving in these times. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of how does this work? And can you deliver this in a digital format that really, you know, has results? The simplest way to describe how it works is to use an analogy. And we usually use the analogy of the sap of a, of a tree or a plant or a flower. And if, if you want to change the color of the flower and you're doing it from the gross level of the petals of the flower, you know, what are your options? You can add a dye to it but it doesn't change the intrinsic structure of the flower. It just, they spray some paint on it or some coloring on it or something. But if you can go work at the level of the sap, mm -hmm. which underlies every part of the flower, it yep. underlies the leaf, the petals, the stem, everything. If you can go to the level of the sap and play at that level, you can do anything mm -hmm. with, within that plant. And quantum physics and unified field physics takes us to the very basis of creation. It takes us to, you know, when I was growing up, the atom was the smallest thing. And then now they split the atom and then there's a space within atoms and it just keeps getting smaller. And then with the advent of quantum physics and quarks and all of these things, you just start realizing there's a whole universe down there that's very different. But when you get down there and when you can play at that level, you can create incredibly powerful effects. Personally, not just with the programs that we do, but I know there are many other people on the planet who are developing very amazing technologies with this new science that's emerging and kind of taking over. And the solution to so many problems now can be resolved so much easier. We call it like flipping a light switch. Mm-hmm. There's nothing intrinsic about the night that ever will let you know that day is coming. There's no way. You can study the night till the you know, end of time. And if you're only studying within the night, there's nothing that lets you know that day is coming. But then with, all somebody needs to do is turn on a flashlight, light a lamp, and suddenly the environment that we're looking in and what problems we have are vastly different. And many of the problems are automatically solved. If you're stubbing your toe or banging your knee on a table all the time, um, then there's suddenly there's a light you can see, and that problem just evaporates without dealing with the problem. So like that, when we can bring in these quantum energies that have particular attributes, so we have some that are for peace and harmony, we have some to increase love or self-love, because a lot of us, our own you know, internal dialogue is not very supportive of who we are. And we have some that are for healing. You know, everything has a frequency. The chair has a frequency. Health has a frequency. Sickness has a frequency. Wealth has a frequency. And if we can add the frequency directly, a lot of the problems can just disappear in some cases overnight. It's incredibly impressive. I personally believe there's technologies that will clean the oceans and get rid of pollution far more effectively than getting a plastic scoop, you know, in a net and going around and trying to take the trash out. So it's a very exciting world to be in right now to watch some of these things shift. So 
Do you think that with technology, we can scale these more effectively to really to get the delivery and distribution out to a wider audience that really needs it? And and not just the audience of people, but, you know, places and I guess potentially can we use frequencies to heal diseases and viruses, for example? I mean, I think the possibility seems like it must be there. It, absolutely, absolutely. There's a, a man named Royal Rife who way back in the early, I want to say 20s, 1920s or something, but I could be off by 20 years or something. And he was the first one who really researched frequencies and disease. And he found that every disease that he studied had a particular frequency. And you can go on YouTube and look up right frequencies for a headache or for a stomachache or for cancer or for whatever and play them. People have recorded them and put them up. And he had a hundred and some odd frequencies. And what he learned is that once you knew the frequency of whatever cell, but some tumor cell, some cancer cell, whatever it was, a virus, whatever it was, that if he fed that back to the cell that was that, that it would start to expand and grow and glow, and then it would burst. It actually, too much of its own you know, self-feedback caused it to uh, be destroyed. And so this is the first inkling that we can use frequencies to solve problems that, are, that we have more trouble solving in a different way. One of the things that Einstein said is you can't solve the problem on the level of thinking that solved the problem. So the level of thinking that polluted the rivers is, we'll just throw our trash in the rivers. And so then the solution is going to be, well, we have to take our trash back out of the rivers. But that's not as profound as, is there some way we can shift the frequencies of the trash in the rivers so that instead of being damaging to the rivers, it's supportive to the rivers? And then that's a whole new ballgame. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, one of the things that we talk a lot about in the digital well-being space is electromagnetic frequencies and how can we create a way to harmonize them so that they actually, they support our ability to thrive and rather than becoming harmful. And part of that conversation is really about adjusting the frequencies of them, isn't it? Yes. And thank you for bringing this up. There's some, and I want to get back because you mentioned, can we broadcast it? Yeah. So you know, big time. So first of all, with our own programs, we give away a free version that'll go on your phone of the Peace and Harmony program. And on your phone, we say, if you're in an open field, it, the effect's going to be about 18 feet from you, give or take the phone and, you know, some other parameters. But if you're in a crowd, you're probably looking at about five feet all around you. But we also have a unit that will cover your whole apartment or house or neighborhood or community or state, or if it's a small country, we have these bigger units. And for the bigger units, we have reported from people who have used them, reduction in crime in the neighborhood, averting a forest fire, a hurricane and tornadoes. I mean, these are really big things at at bigger levels. And we know we developed at one point during this seven-year drought that we had in California, we, we developed a program of how many of these larger systems we need to put across the state to restore balance to nature so that the drought would end. And I think it turned out to be seven of these bigger units across the state would have done it. So we can do some amazing things, you know, in my case with the systems we developed, but outside of me, there's some really exciting things that are in the works that are pretty amazing. 
And if I may, I'd like to give you one example. Sure, please. Okay. So everyone who's looked into the matter knows that where the transformer stations for the high tension wires that carry electricity across the country and deliver to all the different areas, that the people who live in the neighborhood of these high tension areas have higher rates of cancer and autism and all these other not really fun things that happen to the kids in that neighborhood. And there's some people that I briefly worked with for a while back in the early 90s, but mostly I just loved their products. And what they would do is that their product was to, again, at the quantum level, change the frequency of electricity so that your computer or the electricity going into your computer suddenly nourished you instead of weakened you. And they had developed systems, and I know some other people are, sickness and the things that damage the world, especially on a really big level, we can think are terrifying or are very bad, but we can also, in a more optimistic vision, we can see that changing the frequency of electricity that travels across these high-tension wires literally worldwide, which is currently damaging the environment around it, with literally the flip of a switch. It's not that hard to change the frequency at the basis of it. And I know some people who are developing it can turn it around from something life damaging to something completely nourishing. And when you look at these wires that are crisscrossing the desert, this change in frequency can change the desert into an oasis in a ridiculously short period of time. And the structure of having built this thing, which in innocence and in wishing, whether it was for profit or just helping people have electricity, they built these things. They didn't know they were damaging something. But now suddenly people have realized it. And now there's the opportunity because that structure has already been built that when you think of all the electric wires that are running across this country, what to say of other countries, and you install these little switches, and they change it, that suddenly people are going to be, instead of being hit with the Wi-Fi waves and everything in a way that damages them, it's suddenly going to improve their health and make them feel great. And immediately, the effect of that is going to be huge on society. That sounds amazing, and it, but it almost sounds too good to be true. Why is this not happening already? Well, part of it is the technology is not fully developed. And part of it, I'm sorry to say, is because these friends of mine back in the 90s actually approached the electric companies and said, we can install these in this really cost-effective way and everything. And I don't know whether the program that they had was the best, but it was better than anything available at the time. And they had documented proof of how it changed certain things. And, you know, there's always the put a bunch of plants next to your Wi-Fi router and then put some in the other room and treat them the same and see what happens. But when they went to the electric companies, basically, and I'm totally paraphrasing because they didn't use these words, but they said, we can't install this and make things better because if we do, and again, they didn't say this, so, yeah. but the general idea came back is if we install this to fix things, then we're admitting that something was bad in the first place, which would open us up to all kinds of lawsuits. So we can't fix it because that means we knew something was going wrong. And the truth is we don't. And I get that. I totally get that they don't, you know. And when cell phones first came out, somebody first started doing some research that if you hold it next to your head, 
and they had some pictures of the heat or whatever, the brainwaves, whatever it was. And then when the cell phone companies were asked about it, they very wisely at that point said, yeah, we don't know. We're not guaranteeing that this isn't going to hurt you, which was the smart thing to do. But yeah. again, changing this stuff, there's programs that you can get like my Peace and Harmony program. And there's all these other healing frequencies. If you just look up healing frequency apps for whatever phone you have that can help undo the effects of the phone or you know, mitigate it a little bit. And these things are available now in many cases for free. And in some cases, you download an app and then you pay for a particular healing frequency or loving frequency or forgiving frequency or whatever. But there's a number of them. There's a program called Pure Light Audio, which I'm one of like 30 or 40 people who have put programs on and they're for all different kinds of healings and meditations and clearings. And when you put them on your phone, the phone stops damaging so much in one particular way. When I look to the future, it's like, why isn't this being built into the phone when they make it? Why isn't it being built into the Wi-Fi network when they're creating it? Why isn't this being put into the electricity? Why isn't being played in the farms where they're growing the crops? And there's nothing stopping us. And I fully and firmly expect that as things go, it's going to be. Well, I think you're absolutely right. But I think it's important for the consumers to come forward and say, we demand that you do this. We know that the technology is there. We want you to integrate this and to, in a way, it's, yes, there's accountability. They knew that it may be harmful, but it's even worse if they know that it's harmful and they continue. And I mean, knowledge is a wonderful thing, but if you don't share it and you don't act on it, then it can be rather damaging. So I think before I get too far, I want to make sure that one, I get all of the links from these for you. So make sure that we put them in the show notes, because I'm sure the listeners are probably wondering, well, that sounds great. How do I get that? You mentioned it was something that was mentioned on a podcast. Let's make sure that we get more people understanding what the tools are that are out there but also to know what kinds of questions to ask to hold people accountable and to hold themselves accountable about their behavior with the technology to make sure that they're having safe practices and conscious use of technology. So what are some of the questions that you would ask or you would encourage people to ask, whether it's to themselves or to their providers? Well, one of the things that, you know, that we should be asking anyway, whatever we're doing is, does this serve me? Does this serve me now, given who I want to be, how I want to create myself in this situation? And does this serve me and help me create the experiences that I want to have? And these are fundamental questions that one could ask about anything. But I want to get back, Heidi, to something that you said a second ago, which is about the consumers. And I think you hit the nail so firmly and squarely on the head. Here's the thing that X number of years ago, and I don't know, 15 years ago, you know, organic was not so easy to come by. You know, there were a lot of GMOs were going crazy and certain companies were doing practices that maybe considered less than ethical and all of that. And now, you know, everybody has organic sections in their store because public has demanded it. And like that, I think that what's going to happen with some of these packaging frequencies is that some companies, whether it's a farm, 
whether it's you know a cell phone manufacturer or something, some of these companies are just going to come out. And I suspect it's not going to be the big name people in the beginning because the big name people feel we're doing great now. You know, is there a need to change? They could surprise me. You know, yeah. anybody can call up and say, "We heard you on a podcast. We'd like to incorporate yours." Our particular programs can be used on the back of any anything, absolutely anything. So it can be played on the back of a podcast, on the back of a movie. It can be hooked up to go through every phone call that's being done or every website or something. There's ways that that can be done with our technology. And if we look using organic as an example, if you have some farms that are starting to produce something superior to organic and people take that and they buy it and it's the same equal price or whatever, and they start experiencing the benefits of that, they're going to tell their friends who are going to tell their friends Mm -hmm. and on and on. And then you will have that demand that created why you can go into the most off the wall, small shop these days, and they're going to have organic food because it's the demand of everyone now. To that point, one of the things that I found really fascinating recently is that we have a place that we're developing an executive retreat center, actually, that's um, around digital well-being and, you know, building biology and integrating a lot of these principles into it. And even in the two-year time that we've been working on it, all of these organic stores have been popping up everywhere. When we first moved there, there was one bio market, and now it seems like they're everywhere. And this is a, a culture and a community where, you know, having open air markets is sort of the standard way you go and buy your vegetables. So I think, you know, to your point, it's, you know, you have sort of that first follower and everybody jumps on and says, okay, well, you know, we're going to demand that this is what we want. And even the bigger markets are starting to add organic and they're also starting to hold them more accountable for what they call organic. And I think that's just from the organic perspective. But if you think about sort of the power of the consumer to create change, it's pretty amazing. It's absolutely staggering. And one of the interesting things is that we're one world now, regardless of what people like to think. And one of the very unifying things that are going on with the virus that's currently going around the world is it's really creating a unification of the planet on a completely different level because no country is isolated from this. It's very clear, you know, the global thinking. And what's exciting about that is that I don't believe that all of the really cool technologies are necessarily going to come from this country. I think that there's amazing things being developed in France. I know there's things in Germany that are way beyond what we're expecting. There's things in India. There's definitely things in China. And there's things in Africa that are being developed that will slowly grow in in that area in the same organic way. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody has something that they created. you know about the light bulb solution that they have in the slums, and I want to say India, but it, that may not be correct, where all these people are living in rows and rows, entire communities are living in these huts that are made of, I want to say aluminum, some kind of thing that we use for a structure, for storage building structures when mm-hmm. they need to just put up. So all these people are sort living of like in corrugated small- aluminum or something. Yeah, 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 that wavy stuff. So mm-hmm. all these people are living it. That's what the roof is. That's what the four walls in, and there's a door. Mm-hmm. And most of them don't even have windows because this was like 
the cheapest thing they could do. And so it's always dark in there. It's always, always dark in there. And then somebody figured out a couple of years ago that you can take a small plastic water bottle, you know, the individual size, and you fill it with water and you pop a hole in the roof and you waterproof around it and you install it. And it's like they have a 60 watt light. Oh, wow. I have not heard about that. That's amazing. David, I want to make sure that we do a couple things. One, I want to make sure we direct people to where they can find this download. And it's uh, peaceandharmonydownload.com. And is there anything else that you feel is really important to share with the audience? Oh, besides the reminder that, folks, you should not do the download while you're driving, apparently. So anything else you want to share with the audience? Yeah, I want to fix that. The Peace and Harmony download program can be run in the background while you're driving because it stops squabbles in the car and we all want that. But if we were going to do a different one, that one, I would have not. And some of the ones for like deeper meditation and all that you don't want to be driving for. But the Peace and Harmony one at the download level is fine to play anywhere, anytime. So that one's okay. Peaceandharmonydownload.com. If you're looking for other types of energies besides that one. There's an app that is not mine, but it's pure light audio and you can get it from all the regular app places or go to purelightaudio.com. And that has a number of different people frequencies. I think the big thing I really want to let people know is in spite of what the news appears to be telling us, this is a very exciting time on the planet where solutions that we've never dreamed of have come. And we honestly believe that the potential is there in the next dozen or so years, maybe 15 years, for 90% of the biggest problems that we're facing to be solved with these absolutely new vibration or quantum energy or unified field technologies. And I expect they're going to start popping up right and left. And I'm incredibly optimistic about what's going on on the planet. And I encourage your audiences to be excited as well. Well, so. thank you. And I'm very optimistic. And I mean, I love technology and the potential for technology to create the change that is needed as a support system to help us be more human and connect to each other. So I really love the work that you're doing and want to thank you for everything that you're doing and helping us actually connect to that as well. Keep up the awesome work and I look forward to seeing where it takes us. Thank you, thank David. Thank you. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for having me here. And I love what you're doing as well. And I'm wishing you continued success in all of your endeavors and that you have a really just wonderful everything, just wonderful life, wonderful effect on people you are connecting to. I think you're a very bright star bringing in some very needed wisdom and information and connection on the planet today. So I'm very grateful for the work that you do. Well, thank you, David. And thank you, Digital Selfers, for joining us today. Really appreciate and honor you for taking the time to listen to today's show. And don't forget to subscribe if you enjoyed today's show and you haven't already. And please do go out and share, rate, review. It helps other people connect to the knowledge that they need to move forward and all of us to understand how to be in a more harmonious relationship with our technology. So thank you all today. And uh, we look forward to next week. Bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us for The Evolving Digital Self. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app now so that you don't miss a single episode. 
While you're at it, please give us a rating and a review and join the digital self-mastery movement to create more conscious use of technology by sharing it and telling your friends. Want to see where you fit on the digital self spectrum and how it might be impacting your business and relationships? Get your free copy of Digital Self Mastery today by clicking on the link in the show notes.